Ooh, I haven't shaved in a long time. I look like Cable a little bit right now. Hello. Hello, Marilyn. Good morning, Dan. How are you? I am doing pretty good. How about you? <sighs> I'm good. I, somebody's gaslighting me, and I can't tell if it's you. Maybe that's the point. Um, about what? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, you remember uh, last week I was at sixes and sevens. I'm a little better this time, but not that much. But didn't I mention last week, last Tuesday, Optimistic Day, that when I came in to my private office that my nano leaf lights had fallen off the wall? I think I mentioned that. Um, yeah, that does, that has a familiar ring to it. Sure. Yeah, I'm going to say yes. Content, but no. I, uh, I came in uh, to my private office this morning. Uh, Were they back up? Ago. Someone had put them back up on the wall? I put them back up last oh. Tuesday because they mean a lot to me. <laughs> and I think I'm using substandard adhesive. I'm looking at you, 3M. 3M? No, uh, I got to tell you, I'm going to, I'm going to step up for the 3M. I think 3M is very oh, good. Save it for the show. Okay. I've, oh, you know what? Could you capture that? There were other things. Did you capture other things last week that we were going to talk about? I think I, got I did. Ahead of time. I mean, this is going to be so odds and so sods. Unless you've those got are something. the well, those are the good ones. <sighs> okay. All right. Okay. So 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 please please write down three M and then please uh, look, find your notes from last week. I think there's at least one thing that we captured and didn't talk about, and they fell down again uh, overnight. So was that um, again. was that was that episode five thirty nine? Uh, that would be episode 539 of your okay. back to work. Program. All right. Yeah. I see it says defining your own parameters for your own success. Always say yes. Always say no. That's where the, okay. Danny McBride came into my hotel room. Oh yeah. Danny McBride came into my hotel room. Yeah. That was something you wanted me to capture, but that's, I think the only thing that I. Huh. What was the other one? Oh yeah. We, there's some good stuff in that when I was uh, kind of delirious. Um, I thought for the very first time, jokes have left the room. I thought for the very first time yesterday, mm-hmm. the first time since, I'm gesturing broadly, since <clears throat> all of this started, I thought yesterday was the first time where I was like, I, I think I might have the thing. The, co- the COVID? Yeah. 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 Because, c- you know, I, I'm many weeks into full vaccination, but, you know, breakthrough happens. It does. Like the bumper sticker says. Oh, I should write that down. <laughs> um, but, you know, okay, breakthrough happens. Um, a thing that I've been uh, saying for a long time, because it's true, is that I used to get sick all the time in Florida, but I have allergies. What was that? Is that 365? I coughed a little bit. No. <clears throat> okay. Just trying to You'll mute. I'm trying right? to mute. Yeah. I mean, the show will never. Okay. Never um, but I've learned, I feel like I've learned to realize that I've never, like, I, I'm repeating myself, but when I was in Florida, I didn't have allergies to anything, you know, uh, you know, uh, not penicillin, not uh, Dutch chocolate milk, none of the things that uh, people get allergies to, mm-hmm. let alone the panoply of things where the people with, you know, according to Hoyle, le- legitimately allergic, um, none of that. But ever since I came here, I get things that feel like a cold. My wife, my wife, Gets things that feel like a cold mm-hmm. and almost always turns out to be allergies. And what I'm realizing is that, and I, who knows, this could be some kind of like, you know, uh, family Bible folk wisdom. I don't know. But I feel like there's a lot of stuff. So I've learned to realize, for example, my classic, my classic tell that I'm getting sick, like back in the day was, obviously maybe a little bit tired, you know, 
the sore throat was always the sore tower. throat. That's the same for you. Get the sore throat, you know yes. something, something. And if and if you get the pain behind your eyes while you have the sore throat, it's a done deal. You know you're going down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that I what's think, happening uh, with you? Do you have that now? Well, this is interesting. This is our concern. This is, is our is concern. That I, uh, <laughs> is that uh, I did have a sore throat yesterday. And so I says to myself, I says, it's probably just allergies. But you never know. It could be cancer. And then, and then, uh, but then also, so anyway, something happened. I had to dash home. And like in the morning, I felt kind of like, but I soldiered through. We recorded Roderick. I had not assembled Roderick. Mm -hmm. We don't say editing. I hadn't assembled. It's more, assembling sounds like you're taking the building blocks and making the foundation. Yeah. Close, very close to the metal. C plus, 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 plus. The, the secret C. And, um, hmm. And uh, oh, see, it even hurts right now. But then, then what bugged me, what scared me was, then I was feeling achy like oh. in my backle, my backle area. So <laughs> I didn't know my upper backle area. And so here's the thing. And I, I might be saying too much here. I hope this never comes up in court, no. Your Honor. But I, um, so I had the sore throat. I'm feeling logy. I, I got to record a, an ad spot for one of our beloved sponsors. Otherwise, I would assemble Roderick. But then I had to go home. I go home, and like in fairly fairly short order. Like, I'm like, oh, I'm sick. Something's wrong. Mm. And here's my concern. So I thought, okay, maybe, maybe, maybe it's allergies, maybe it's cancer. But my back, I'm thinking, oh, because, you know, back pain can be from your back yeah. in the backal area. It could also be your kidneys are dying. It could be, what if it's, what if it's the lung? What if it's my left lung? And then I'm thinking, oh, no. So I check, I check my, uh, my blood O2. Mm-hmm. 98. Check in a minute later, 99, which is actually really high for me. And I check my temperature. All good. This is just in the service of saying, I feel way better than I did yesterday. I watched a lot of Silicon Valley. I put on my uh, fancy sweatpants and I sat on the couch and I eventually felt better. And then this morning I released Roderick on the line, the podcast with John Roderick. I mean, the millennials call that all that stuff self-care. Is that what they call that? Mm -hmm. Now, does that include... Many petties, or what are things, Dan? You you keep up with this stuff. You read BuzzFeed. What what kind of stuff is considered self care right now? Yes, I can. I'm glad that you asked. Um, I am basically. Too. I really am. Anything that feels like an excuse to not do the thing you're supposed to be doing because you don't feel like doing it is self care. So, for example, if you're supposed, to, mm. I'm not saying this is you necessarily. If you're supposed mm-hmm. to, let's say you're supposed to mow the lawn. And I, think, you, I think you're having you're having fun with the millenniums, aren't you? No. If you're supposed to mow the lawn and you don't, because that's instead self-care. you wanted to meet your friends and have a beer, that's called self-care. If okay. you were supposed to go to work and you called in sick because you wanted to play video games, that's called self-care. Okay. So this is how hmm. that works, just FYI okay. in case. But what you did, I think, was actually real self-care, and you you did what you needed to do for yourself to get right, to get your mind right. I, I got my mind mostly right. I had uh, I had half a sandwich, and then I had the other half later. Did you leave um, it in out or sitting out on the like on a plate, or because sometimes the bread will get crusty if you you know like dry mm-hmm. it'll dry out. No, this is it's an Italian it's a uh, it's an Italian sandwich on uh, you know on uh, on on Jamati bread, and uh, it was real good. What you call ciabatta? It was good. Um, Self care. Yeah, this feels related to something uh, in our odds and sods. But um, I think, I don't know. Times change. You're having fun. You're having fun with the millenniums. But uh, it's a very interesting time. They're I, definitely I, I, having I, fun with us, Merlin. So 
Oh boy, are they ever! Mm-hmm. Sorry about the future. <laughs> I, I, there's, you know, I think there's um, there's a certain wisdom that you get uh, that um, that like the, something I was thinking about. Yeah, is that if you think about human beings as a as a species on the planet, right? Mm-hmm. If you really think about it. We're all learning the same things that everyone else is learning and we're learning them over and over again. And we pass on very, very, very little of what we've learned relative to what we've learned. And so everyone is then, as the saying goes, forced forced to repeat it. Right. And it, but this happens. There is our, our methods of transferring knowledge to each other are so archaic and primitive and slow and we as a human being, as a person, we develop our intellect so slowly that by the time we've learned the things that are important, for the most part, most of us are uh, have failed to communicate those things. And even if we've succeeded to communicate them, the absorption rate of mm. that communication is so slow that it might as well be non-existent. In other words, everyone has to really learn almost everything for themselves. The stuff that oh we're able yeah. to relay to our our children, our, the younger generation, whatever it is, it's so limited and it takes them so long to learn it. I'm including us in this. It's not like we're mm. special. We're just like one of the generations that's been on the planet, you know? And it's uh-huh. it's almost like how do you get how do you really get any advancement? How do you get anywhere? That's why the like um, we need the the telekine- telecommunication, telekinesis, uh, mm-hmm. you know, telepathy stuff. We got to oh, get you, that you going. Get like a a knowledge thumb drive. Yeah. yeah what if you woke kind of, up um, and you were like, if, as soon as you were like three years old, you inherited all knowledge? You'd be you wouldn't have to oh, work yeah, at McDonald's. All, like I well, that's important. You could be like, uh, yeah, now whoa, I know kung fu. It's funny because if you move up the food chain, it is interesting that, um, you know, there's all kinds of stuff. Like I, I could not pretend that I understand what John Syracuse calls uh, evolution. Like, you know, I don't understand how, how is it that there's almost no bird feeder that a raccoon can't get into? <laughs> like, what is it? What is it about? Okay. And That's the best Dr. Phil-ism you've done in a little while here. Here's the, here's the thing, Dan. Well, a lot of people don't understand. A, co- a cockroach, okay, if its head can fit through the hole, the whole body can fit through the hole. That's one to grow on. But you hear about these things like, okay, like, okay, these are, um, these raccoons have figured out uh, how to deal with with this new kind of bird feeder. Now, yeah. I doubt that that's evolution. It's just a new thing from Home Depot, but they somehow do figure it out. You mm-hmm. see this all the time in funny internet videos is where animals or sometimes people figure out how to do a thing they're not supposed to be able to do. Right. You know, the, the, uh, like the, uh, the, uh, the monkey with the stick. We used to think that uh, only humans, you know, made tools, but then uh, you see and they that use video. a little reed and they put it right into the termite mound and they pull it out they put and, it and they, they eat the, eat the eat termites. The termites you yeah, 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 yeah. But like you can, I guess, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, I don't. I don't quite understand how new information gets passed along from, say, animal to animal. The whole like, oh, God, we're so far already into turns out territory. Right as I was just listening to a podcast about pee hacking. Um, not that kind of pee and not U- that kind U- of hacking. The urines? Oh, just the thing. It's just that the whole like behavioral economics turns out stuff. 
where I was just like, oh, I'll put it in show notes. Uh, there's this podcast I like called Maintenance Phase. This is not their best episode, but it's pretty good. And many, they're basically talking about, remember when you start first heard about like, hey, if you want to lose weight, you know, get a smaller plate. Mm-hmm. Remember when that first became a thing? It's yeah. like, if you want to eat, well, put differently, if you want to eat less, get a smaller plate. Right. Anyhow, Maintenance Phase is this very, very fun podcast where they talk about the terrible world of like diet stuff and like all the scams that have been pulled on us and just... Yeah. But anyway, um, but, you know, that behavioral economics sort of, you know, turns out period. There was a lot of stuff. And so so the guy who came up with that and a lot of other like turns out BS. Yeah. Including being featured in a documentary by Michael Pollan. Red flag. Is that um, you just if you comb over data enough, you'll come up with some of those crazy ass charts like, you know, you ever seen those? Well, I, I know we've looked at that here once a year. That site that has all the. um Correlation is not causation charts. Oh, where it's yeah. Like number of UFO sightings increases with use of Internet Explorer or whatever. <laughs> like you can you can reverse engineer stuff like, you know, uh, Democrats eat more bananas. Like right. if you if you you can really like squeeze your data within an inch of its life, which I did for probably three solid years in the 80s. Um, anyway, um, the uh, well, I really work blue sometimes in the morning, don't I? <laughs> A lot of people aren't going to catch it, and that's good. No, that's don't good. Don't tell people. No. Don't tell them. You, you don't like it when the joke is explained. Oh, I don't like jokes. No. Um, and then, but then that gets even more complex, because you're like, well, you know, I bet you sort of like, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, Neolithic. Like, our, our you know, the, the, the crossover period uh, from being like, a, you know, cave persons to Renaissance persons. You know, you could learn stuff like, okay, fire makes food good or mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. But even till today, you get them. <laughs> I'm just trying to capture them all. Oh, okay, good. Thank you. <laughs> but then you, you go further up, up, the, uh, up the intellectual food chain, and it gets even crazier. But to, to your point specifically, I, I can't even tell you how many examples of that, what you described, exist in my life. And, and as far as like, oh, you know, you really do need to learn this for yourself. Mm-hmm. Like I think about all the classic stuff. I think about the way that I drove in my early 20s. I think about there's all the stuff about, oh, you know, save $30 a month and you'll be able to retire. And there's just all that stuff where like you hear stuff and you can even say, hmm, that's not, that seems like a sound idea. But to, to quote myself here, like there's it's one thing to know something and it's another thing to know something. Right. To like feel the truth of something in your bones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like a, becomes, gut, a gut feeling. But I feel like, yes, but also beyond a gut feeling where there's stuff that feels so, uh, something with experience and cognition. I don't know. I, I'm not saying I'm right, but I do know that there are a, just a handful of things that I feel like I know, that I know in my bones. Mm-hmm in a way that I didn't at another time where, you know, you come out of wavy grave liberal arts school and everything's, you know, uh, ideas can hang out and, and do whatever. But then you get older and you're like, well, this is a dumb stuff, right? All the stuff I pester my kid about, you know, about the dumb little tricks for remembering things before you leave the house. Oh yeah. Or like yep. putting it on the calendar or reading the instructions, mm-hmm. like all those kinds of things. Um, and I guess, I don't know. I mean, there are some kinds of things that you could you could pass on or not pass on. Um, another podcast, speaking of turns out, but a good podcast that I like a lot, is Freakonomics Radio. And I listened to with uh, Stephen J. Dobner. And I listened to uh, an episode this week, uh, 34 minutes in, 
Episode 469, I'll put this in show notes. Episode 469, the U.S. is just different, so let's stop pretending we're not. And I thought, you know, as turns out stuff goes, this is pretty thought-provoking. And, you know, it's, uh, I don't know, it's a very interesting uh, episode. They talk to people about ideas of sort of tightness and looseness in different cultures. Um, I haven't gotten to the part where they eventually talk, they should eventually talk about, well, it depends on what your priors are and what your starting point is, but... Mm -hmm. You know, that there are certain kinds of cultures that we think of as being more like permissive or being more strict and what all of that can mean. And there's certainly big differences in that across the U.S. But but the the take home so far with this episode is that, well, the one thing we do know is that it's pretty different from other countries and the the, the kinds of things that um, the kinds of things that that make us who we are. Um, But. I do think so. If you're if you're raised in a culture of like, let's shoot some fish in a barrel. Mm-hmm. Let's say you're raised in not even Brooklyn. Let's say you're in an ultra orthodox community in Eastern Europe. Okay, uh, God willing, there's still a few of this. Well, no, I'm just saying. Like, did you, so did you watch um, Orthodox? I did. Yes, I did. I love that. Me too. It was that amazing. Woman, that actress. Everybody. That whole um, thing was amazing. The whole thing was amazing. And, and then, I, what like, was weird is I could understand, I could understand like maybe a quarter of what they were saying. Because. Yiddish. But you didn't study Yiddish. No, but I was around my family as a kid enough that I. Well, really? Yeah. Your family spoke, you, you had Hebrew in a little bit of Hebrew. Well, like, you know, it's like Alexander Pope says, a little Hebrew is a dangerous thing. <laughs> but you, you had that and you had, you had your Methuselah. I mean, I went to, he- I went to Hebrew school where they actually teach you. Hebrew. And, and just so to, just to put a fine point on this and, and show me to be the, the asshole that I am, <laughs> Hebrew is not Yiddish. No, they're different. Um, yes. So basically, you know, you, you learn Hebrew in usually, in, I mean, American, um, Jewish Americans, if they're like shul, what's, what is that called? Um, well, yeah, I mean, shul is, well, I mean, I called it. Is that like church school? Yeah. I mean, it's a, um, Never mind. I'm taking off your topic. Go ahead. <laughs> No, no, I'm just trying to clarify because it's not, is it analogous to like me going to Sunday school? In your case, though, it's like if you're going to get, and this is to prep for uh, bar mitzvah, right? Yes. So um, that's that's kind of the goal is that you um, you go to Hebrew, Hebrew school is a combination of learning the language, but also learning the cultures and the traditions and the history. And it's also- Tradition. It's also a combination of sort of mix some Bible study in there too. But of course, what we wouldn't, we didn't really use the term the Bible that much. It was Torah. No, that's totally a Christian idea. So, you know, but that's, it's the equivalent and it's kind of all those things mixed together. And ideally, if you're following tradition, you're in regular school and then you're also going to Hebrew school and you go somewhere between two and three times a week for it. So you're going there Saturdays for the long the half day on Saturday. And then you go once or twice during the week as well. And it kind of ramps up and gets more serious as you're approaching your 13th birthday, which is for those who don't know when you have your bar mitzvah. And there are kids who continue going beyond when they have had their bar mitzvah. And we always used to think those kids were absolutely insane. Like, you know, Oh, you know, um, Jennifer's about to have her bar, her bat mitzvah. And then she has it. And then like the next week she's back and you're like, why are you back? She's like, well, I'm still going to like, you're crazy. that's like your get out of jail card. Like you don't have to go Mm -hmm. to this anymore, but there were a lot of kids who continued to go. And, um, and so, yes, uh, what you learn there is uh, also how to read and write and speak Hebrew. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so some of us learn to read it and write it. Some of us learn to speak it too. And I was, I would say, very, very semi-fluent in speaking it when I was done with Hebrew school, but I could absolutely read it and translate it. Wow, that's crazy. But I've lost all of it. Like I, if I, if you showed me Hebrew right now, I would still remember the alphabet and the basic sounds, but there's no way I could just pick it up and like, like read it. Um, that's long gone from my brain, but at the time I could do it. Now Yiddish, Yiddish is interesting because as a language, it was used, so it came out of like Central Eastern Europe before the Holocaust, and it and was got a big, and it's got big. It's a Slavic and German influence. Right? Yeah, it's if you could imagine a combination. If you start with German, and then you mix in a lot of Hebrew, and then basically, my understanding of it, which could be wrong, and I don't need emails about it, is mm-hmm. that this was used because a lot of Jews were living in um, shtetls or what, what actually eventually what's actually called ghettos where the term originally came yeah. from. And, uh, and they were, you might have some from Poland, some from Germany, some from Hungary, some from even Russia, wherever. And they all had to have a common language, which at the time wasn't really English. It was Yiddish and it was this combination mm-hmm. of these other languages. So while, while it's always interesting to me because whenever I hear German, or German being spoken, there's a lot of that in Yiddish. And so, yes, I grew up with my grandparents um, speaking sometimes to each other, sometimes to wow. my mom in Yiddish. And it what they they were capable, especially my grandmother, my mom's mom, of have of completely fluent in Yiddish. Uh, so she could she could do everything that you saw in that movie from the conversations that they would have. But there was enough English words and other other words thrown in, and also it was very situational. And here's my analogy: you're going to love this. Okay. It, one, you know, one goes left, the other one goes right. So what? So that what? scene where they uh, she and Tommy use that expression, and they say, "Oh, but it sounds much better in Italian," and she says it. There was a lot of that, so it was situational expressions and terms and phrases that were being oh, yeah. used mm-hmm. that you could infer their meaning by the context and the way that they said it. So while I certainly could not converse with somebody in Yiddish if they were speaking to me in a basic way, I I I would understand enough of it to get by. I get it. Um, I guess what I'm, and I, I don't mean to be hacking my pee or, or doing a turns out here, but I guess all I'm trying to say is that if you are in a community, oh boy, this, this, sorry, it's difficult to say anything without, you know, sort of bracketing it in what your own, I don't love that word priors and like what your own point of view is. Like when we try to establish anything as being normal or not or unusual or not, like we always, how do we separate that from, from ourselves? But like what I was about to say that now sounds really stupid is that if you're in a community that is insular, sort of insular, isolated, mm-hmm. and does hew to a lot of traditions. Well, let me just stop myself right there. Well, isolated compared to what? Mm. Or isolated, do you know you're isolated? Mm-hmm. Like if you're in the, <clears throat> if you're in the rainforest... And like you didn't know there was anything outside that area. I mean, it doesn't. The place probably does not have a library with an atlas. Right. You have no idea you're isolated. You think you're the whole world. They're isolated by our standards, right? You know, but you know, it's you do think of something. I think of something like the um, Amish or, to some extent, Mennonite communities, uh, Orthodox and ultra Orthodox communities. Like there's, um, I mean, you become a sort of um, 
pack animal in the sense of everybody knows what their role is and they understand, uh, to, to use the Yiddish term, what's shibboleth, like well, the kind of stuff that in this community is you could be part of the village that, that, that raises the child because there's probably fairly similar standards, not least because there's somebody in the village, so to speak, there are a bunch of people enforcing those standards and enforcing those those mores. And you would know that like you would correct this stranger's child in the same way that you would correct your own child because there's a cohesion and all that kind of stuff. And that I think becomes much more fraught and complex. Right. You know, if you're somewhere that is mm, permissive, is that the word? I'm not sure where I'm going with this. But Fiddler on the Roof is pretty good. It has some very good songs. <laughs> uh-huh. um, and a podcast, there was the Freakonomics. And there's some other podcasts I mentioned this week. Where did this start off? Danny McBride? Danny McBride came um, into my hotel room. Did you, did you, have you watched, did you watch Righteous Gemstones? I forget. Um, that's the one very with, uh, with uh, Sandler. It's got Danny, uh, it's got Danny McBride. Am I thinking you of a different... You might be thinking of Uncut Gems. Uncut Gems. Okay, so no, I haven't. What's the name of this one? Uh, it's an HBO show called Righteous Gemstones. And uh, it's... So uh, John Goodman is the patriarch of this family that runs oh. an, a very successful super church. And he has these three terrible kids. And uh, I, I don't think it's a spoiler to say that they are very financially successful with this. So you got... Um, the, the main one that folks might know, well, there's the one guy who's the kid from uh, Pitch Perfect, uh, the fake Jack Black guy, who's actually super entertaining. He's one of the brothers. <laughs> no, I mean from Pitch Perfect. Do, do you like the Pitch Perfect movies, Dan? Uh, I, I, I don't think I've ever seen one. <sighs> Everybody else will know what I mean. And then the, there's, uh, there's, uh, and then there's Danny McBride, who, who came into my hotel room. Adam D- then- Divine? Adam Div- Divine. Adam Divine, uh-huh. that's the guy. He's the guy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. In the same way, he's sort of like, uh, sort of like, uh, sort of like, uh, not Christian Bale. Who's the kid in Heather's? That kid, you know, Christian that kid? Slater. Uh, he's yeah, not. He's our robot. age. He's not a kid anymore. But yeah, yeah. okay. But like the way that he would always do, like was doing Jack Nicholson. <laughs> yes, it was. Know? He was a young Jack Nicholson when Jack Nicholson was wasn't that old. Uh-huh. Yeah, he was country <laughs> when country wasn't cool. Right, like George Jones says, uh, and, and Barbara Mandrell. But then um, the uh, the uh, the point of the story is that it's really good, and in the first episode something happens, and then more things happen, and it features one of my favorite character actors today, Walton Goggins. Walton Goggins is in this, and he is very good. Bad guy from uh, Iron Man, th- or excuse me, bad bad guy from Ant Man and the Wasp. Go look up Walton Goggins, and you'll know him. Wal- Walton yeah. Go- Goggins. Goggins, which is a terrific name that I really like to say. Anyway, it's about this uh, rich family that's getting into some business. And uh, oh, he's uh, he's he was in the he's um, in lots of things. Uh, uh, Hateful Man Eight, Walk. especially, is what I'm thinking of. But he's Chick-fil-A? been in Tarantino he's movies. In Chick- Did you say Chick Fil A? I-, I said Hateful Eight. Oh, Hateful Eight. He's in that. That's that one where it's all in the cabin, right? That's where it's in the cabin, and he is the one who um, was claiming that he was the new sheriff. I see. And the, we talked about this, right? How they And he was in Django like, Unchained, too. Wait, who is he in that? He was like one of the guys on the I know, the I know he's problematic. I know Tarantino's problematic, but I think Django Unchained is a very fun movie. 
Okay. Uh, I mean, I, I'm, I don't want to get into the whole conversation about this, but I'm, I am over now. I'm over mm-hmm. the complete throwing away of someone's work because there's a problem associated with the production of the I, thing I that totally, they did. I totally understand. I don't disagree, but I'm saying here, for example, like I happen to love Inglorious Bastards, mm-hmm. but turns out that people who were actually in that group, their them and their family, have a lot of problems with the way he told that story. Stuff like that. But no, I get you. I mean, he's a, he's very editorial. Let's not let's not bicker and argue about who killed who. We have a lot to talk about here. Um, anyway, what other podcasts? Dan, uh, this is episode uh, five four zero of your back to work program. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Can I tell you about something I like? You got something you like? Yeah, I've got two two things that I like. The first Are of you which, me? No, oh, I would that's never. Nice to hear. I would never. Mm. Feels Merlin. Thanks nope. very much to Feels. Thank you. That's okay, it. that's it. Button it up. It's a new that's way it. we do that's the it. ads. Yep yep, 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 yep. Feels. Do you experience stress, Merlin? Mm, yes. Do you have anxiety? Do you have chronic pain? Ah, ah. And I know that yes. right now you you're having trouble sleeping because of your uh, your corona. Bursitis. Yeah. Jesus and tequila. Yes, yes, yes. And, well, you know what? Feels might might be able to help you. You're not alone. Feels. A lot of people have these issues. I have many of these issues. People everywhere have these. And this is, so let me tell you what feels is. It is premium CBD. It's delivered directly to your doorstep. It naturally helps you reduce stress, anxiety, pain, sleeplessness, just to name a few things that it does. You take a few drops of feels, you put it under your tongue, you feel the difference within a few minutes. And the thing to is that remember- a sublingual, Dan? Is that called a sublingual? I mean, that's if you want to get technical about it. Code switching? What do you call that? Yeah. <laughs> and so cunning, this cunning is what linguist? you need to remember, Merlin, is that okay, the, the dose of CBD that you need is going to be different from the dose that I need. So you've got to experiment with it and uh, you might need to take more. You might need to take less. You might want a stronger one. Well, they understand this. So they have a little flight. You get a little flight of feels of different strengths, these little vials, and you try them and you see what you need. They also have real human support. They've got a CBD hotline. You can call and they will they will help guide your personal experience. But the thing to remember, Merlin, is that feels it works naturally to help you feel better. So there's there's no hangover. There's no addiction. You're just going to get relief from these things that are troubling you. And the way that it works, and this is what I love about it, is you become a member, you get 50% off your first order with free shipping if you go to feels.com slash back to work. That is spelled F-E-A-L-S. They want to trick you. They want to game the system. So it's feels.com slash back to work. Oh, I see. They're, uh, they're culture jamming a little bit. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. So you're going to get... But you're saying there's deals on feels. There's deals on feels. And you're going to get 50% off your first order and you're going to get free shipping that's automatic just by going to that URL, feels.com slash back to work. And I use this stuff. This is the only CBD that I use now. And it's amazing. And thanks very much. Did you stop buying that stuff at the gas the station? The gas, no more gas station CBD for me. I don't know. Do you not see that there? It's everywhere here. You drive down the street oh, no. everyone has a flag flying in front of their gas stations. No, it's CBD. like tiger pills. You know, those things like, you know, so it's supposed to put some wing wang in your ding dang. Worm tongue. That kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Worm tongue. Mm-hmm. Worm tongue. Is that, was that a Harry Potter reference? Shadow, shadow facts. Shadow facts. Yeah. Shadow facts. Yeah. Bill Ackerman. Yeah. Wyndham Hill. Our thanks to Fields for supporting 5x5 five five and back to work. Buck, buck. Well, I got a lot here. I got a lot of materials. Danny McBride, what else is on the list? 
Uh, let, hold on, let me get back Anything to it. Um, no, you know what? Three <clears> M. Let's not. Let's not. Oh, okay. All right. Next issue, three M. Now, uh, okay. So I want to first of all, I want to withdraw what I said. The the Minnesota Mining and Mackerel Association, or whatever three M is called. What's it called Minnesota Mining and Manufacturing? Uh, the you, you hear East, me, right? East India Trading Company. What are we talking about? Mm-hmm. I think 3M, it stands for, I want to say, Minnesota Mining and Manufacturing. Really? I never knew that. Uh-huh. And they're, they're the uh, post-it note people. Uh, I am, I, I want to withdraw what I said, because I'm probably using the wrong kind of uh, adhesive sticker dinguses to put my nanos, nano leaves, nano leaves. Uh, bad on me. Now, the control strip family of products, I'm looking at one right now. I am, I got, I got control strips out the butt in this place. Uh-huh. I have an entire bespoke container because one way I organize, you know, I organize by concept. Have we ever talked about that? I'm a conceptual organizer. No. My, like, my, how does well, that my work? My lady friend is in a, she's a very aesthetic organizer, which I would, or in many cases, not even consider organizing. But like, for example, when I put things in boxes, I, I, I group them conceptually by, you can guess, when I'll need it, what will I look for? I thought you were going to say by odor. By odor. I'm trying to think of things. I could do that. You know what? Let me just, I'm going to turn that over in my mind Mm -hmm. for next week. (laughs) Okay. Um, But I have, uh, I have at home and at my private private office, I have, um, I have uh, uh, boxes. I I organize, in this case, by uh, things that uh, are adhesion related. Things that stick things to other things. So it might make sense to go like, oh, here's all the like tape that's blue. Or like, here's all the like, and we'll stack it aesthetically. But no, 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 no. I have my boxes. So my box, which is is probably, I probably think a little bit the way that Amazon thinks about like how they organize stuff in a warehouse, you know, except IP. And the, uh, in my case, I have an adhesion box that includes a lot of 3M products. Yes, it has, it has, uh, it's got uh, scotch tape, scotch brand tape product. Mm-hmm. It's got, um, it's got um, things like, um, what do you call it? The fun tack, we used to call it, for sticking posters to the wall, things like that. And it's also where I store all of my different kinds of 3M products. Mm. Dan, talk to me about, about, uh, about 3M products. I mean, this I is think, not this is not a paid placement, as far as we know, right? No, not as far as I know. Um, you know, I think the cool thing about 3M is that it was all the post-it note stuff was accidental. You know that story, that's, right? That's what they say. Yeah, but, but do you, you know, do colors like when you, was, you get the 3M? Do you do colors, or do you do you stick with the standard about, about yellow? Notes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, we could talk about this. My one of my one of my problems is like right now, as I look at my wall, mm-hmm. and I uh, and I look at. The uh, command strip that's holding up my Eve Eve mm. room device. Um, I, I have my walls a little nubbly, mm-hmm. so stuff doesn't stick very well. Mm. Now, what do you do? You, I kind of like the. I think I want to say probably three inches by three inches. Yeah, that's I, li- I like the classic size, and and I have to say, like, I do think this is an example where the generic may not be as good as the it, name no, brand. it's absolutely not. There's that one brand. I think it's called. Um, I don't want to throw anyone under the bus, but isn't it like nope? Like I won't even say it. I won't even say because I don't want to point people. No, at don't it. don't don't dignify it. I don't want to throw attention at something that that I'm trying to get people to go away from. You've got to. There is a I, lot I, of generic brands yeah. that are just fine, but but Post-it notes are you not don't one want of them. those to fall. If you, there's so many ways, God, I feel like I had so many posts on 43 folders about this, but like in a similar way to index cards, there's times where I'm just going to go to the mattresses. I'm just going to grab index cards because there is no better way for me to think conceptually 
than with index cards or alternatively with post-it notes. Like, you know, okay, here's a recent example. Again, I'm just looking at things around me. Look around you. Here on uh, my desk, my private desk at my private office, I like I think I told you recently, I've been kind of rejiggering some stuff with lighting and all these different things. And and at one point I was like, uh, I need I don't want to do a mind map. I need to figure out all the moving pieces and parts here. I need to figure out some cable stuff, cable audio cable stuff. I need to figure out some electric cable stuff. Um, and this sounds it sounds like I'm simple. But for example, <laughs> I have not redone my UPS battery backup in a while. Oh. And the time when you figure out that you goofed is when it's too late. So it's beneficial to like think about this whole stack. I know this sounds mental, but like it helps to think about the whole stack and go like, okay, I've got these idea things. I want to be able to have a dedicated quarter inch cable for my bass, a dedicated one for my guitar. I also need to have a microphone. Do I want, I've got a, you know. Is that nice? Uh, that, that that nice carry, you know, carry from uh, from the mic company from Samson. He sent me an amplifier, a small bass amp, and so I've got that mic'd, you know, within uh, within uh, with the SM57. Mm, yeah, I think yeah. about all that stuff, right? Yeah. So, like, I could do a diagram of that, but I want to have an abstract, conceptual way to think about this that is expressly bottom up. Mm. So if I draw or use an app, I tend to think more top down. Does this, can I explain yeah, that? No, that makes, yeah, no, that makes, yeah, please do. Well, same thing as like, you know, oh, I'm going to use this app to figure out my to-do list, or I'm going to use this mind mapping thing to do this, you know, and like you go into this certain kind of mode, which is like, now I'm in a mode mode. And instead, what I want to do is take something like index cards and write down on the index, each index card is going to represent I'm doing a diagram in some ways, but I'm doing it with physical objects. So this index card represents the Scarlet Focus, right? Two I two. This, right? This one represents the uh, USB pre two. This one represents the Cal Digit Hub. This one, and then what I can do is though, then I can say like, okay, that's kind of interesting. So here's a microphone. That's a card. Here's another microphone. That's a card. And then I can arrange them in different ways. And there's something, I, this is, you know, people talk about left brain, right brain, visual learner. I don't know what it is that describes my mess, but <laughs> having all that stuff, whether that's like, if I'm doing meal planning, you know, I'm going to do meal planning with, um, with post-it notes. Oh yeah, of course. It just, it makes so much more sense. I go, I'm in the kitchen. I got a stack of notes and I'm putting them on the cabinet. These are proteins. These are veggies. These are starches. These are sauces. These are things. And I can mix and match. And now I'm planning a meal and that turns into an actionable, as they say in law, an actionable list of things that I can do. And I find I, it's very intuitive to me. I don't love that phrase, gut feeling. I have an intuitive sense sometimes of what I need to like get my hands around a problem. Even something as dumb as I want to make sure my battery, it's not dumb. Why am I saying don't, that? Yeah, don't it's, diminish it. It's fine. I'm not going to diminish it, but you know, and there's no way to protect yourself on the internet. So why bother? Um, that's useful to me. <laughs> now, are there instances where something like, this is actually weirdly back to work for a second week in a row. Are there instances where you realize it's your time to go to the mattresses, you know, you got to cut off the hoof. Mm -hmm. Are there times when you find yourself grabbing the post-it notes and, uh, and going to town? Do you do that still? I'd still, I'll use post-it notes all day long. Mm -hmm. And do you, mm -hmm. but I still want to answer to my question. Do you use the colored ones or do you just use the yellow ones? Uh, yellow. I don't, I don't find it. 
it, so like if I was in the group and we were doing, oh, and so this was the point of mentioning why it helps to get the good ones. Like, uh, like I've been watching a lot of Silicon Valley mm-hmm. and they got their scrum board and they're moving their stories or whatever. They're moving their post-it notes. Well, boy, you know what you don't want? You don't want to be at your offsite meeting with the giant, giant, giant whiteboard. Everybody's contributed. They're, they're colored or not colored post-it notes. You go get that nasty, that nasty uh, hot tray lunch. You come back and everything's falling off the board. Well, now you've lost the actual work of what you did. Sure. I mean, the capture of putting that onto those pieces of sticky paper, that's part of the, the real work, the, the real intellectual heavy lifting, the real, like the work that has been done is this invisible thing that went into like putting those into piles and moving them around. And if they fall off the board, you've lost the most important part of the work. Do you know what I mean? Yes. That sounds silly, but no, I think everybody accurate. has or should have things like this, these intuitive, simple tools that here's a funny thing. Hmm. When I look at something like mind maps or I look at something like, I mean, I am an inveterate outliner. I, I really, I live so much of my life in just markdown bullets that are nested. You know, that's just so much how my brain works. And I have a weird way that I do it and it's kind of strange, but like, like even just in like not preparing for this episode, I've got a few bullets of stuff and I can nest that. And I could say, I want to ask Dan, how's calendar events and smart home stuff going? And then I had these three articles I wanted to mention. Those get nested under here in something like task paper, uh, which has folding. It makes it very easy for me to like go create a little, what you might call a project or a sub project sort of. And, you know, there's key commands for folding and unfolding all of those things. These kinds of tools are incredibly valuable. And But I do feel like it's so important to get the tool you know you can rely on or the sort of toolbox of things that you can rely on and knowing, you know, don't just spend, all, as, as I used to say, don't spend all your time buying, you know, new screwdrivers. Like get good at the one screwdriver you've got and then you'll find other applications. With that said, I did buy a ratchet set this weekend. This is your first one? In my life. My first one, I got an Imperial Anametric because I had to change the seat on our toilet. You know, snap really snap on tools me. don't break. Snap on tools don't break. They don't break. That's what he said. That's what he said to you. They don't told break. Me. Yeah, I find stuff like that very valuable. But it's funny. Like I, I'm now in like this. As I said, this um, I'll put in notes because we love that affiliate money. Oh yeah. But this Cambridge, I call it like a project notebook. Like I just I I love this thing. It just sits here on my desk next to my coffee cup. And all throughout the day, I'm just jotting stuff on there. And again, there's this ineffable thing where like, sometimes I know what goes right into, let's call it a task list, whether that's OmniFocus or whatever. Mm -hmm. But like for me, I know like when there's a thing that I can articulate that just goes into this place. This is the thing that's going to get done by today or tomorrow, which is usually what my task list is if I'm doing it right. Um, But then sometimes I just need to jot down like, the phrase totally remount nano leafs. And I underscored, underlined the word totally, which I will know later when I see those one, well, depending on how you count it, three or four words, I know exactly what that means because it'll jog my memory to say, don't half-ass this with the 3M that didn't work. Start all the way over. Now, when I come back to that later, that might jog me to say, I wonder if I should try some different adhesives or what have you. It's difficult to explain. Sometimes you just know where the thing goes. Sometimes something, there's something you know you kind of want to do or want to think about, and that I feel like goes into a notional inbox of some kind. All the stuff that hasn't found a place in my life, but I suspect might need to find a place. 
that's what an inbox is for. Yes. That could be physical. That could be paper. That could be, you know, whatever it is. But I guess what I was going to say is that there's a funny thing, which is that it's almost like, it's almost like the way we used to think about Gantt charts. Like I used to drive myself crazy trying to keep updated Gantt charts of projects that nobody but me cared about, you know, but like it's its own job almost to like be a Microsoft project. maintain. It's like, we're not building a bridge. You know, we're just going to be at a thing where it remembers stuff you like because of a cookie. Like, you don't really need Microsoft Project for that. Mm-hmm. It is funny, though, how there's that phrase paper prototype, right? Like, there are these certain kinds of things where I go into using a tool knowing that in some ways my goal is to use this for as little time as possible. But, like, if I'm doing post-it notes, if I'm doing index cards, if I'm doing it, whatever it is, there should be a a product in mind, a project in mind, an outcome in mind. And to me, nothing feels better than realizing, okay, I'm done with what I needed this mind map for. And what I needed this mind map for was to give me a 10,000 foot view where I can conceptualize this into parts. I'm not going to overthink this. I'm not going to over-engineer this, but I'm going to realize what are the gating factors here? You know what I mean? But my goal is not to make a pretty and complete mind map. I want to use a mind map just long enough to be able to go to the next tool that I need. And I want to be on that tool just long enough to go to the next, next thing that mm-hmm. I need and so forth. And, and I'm not even, this is not, this is not meant to be my usual mean point about, you know, pro- productivity porn or what have you, but I don't know. It's just this kind of conceptual, I don't know. I have, I have this concept in my mind that I, that I, that I think about, which is like, if I'm taking, if I'm finding, well, let me, let me say this. The, the challenge this week for Do By Friday is a, a challenge of mine uh, It's called Harness Your Horses. And the, the idea of this challenge is you take something that you or the, and or the world would look at as a disability, cognitive problem, emotion. What is it about you that makes you weird? Like, you know? Mm-hmm whether that's OCD or anxiety or yeah. bipolar yeah. in different people's cases, is there any way, if you were to harness your horses, what could you do to try to turn your nominal disability into a mutant superpower? Cause I think in terms of the satisfying we do in life, a lot of us do try to do that. Yeah. And this is not to say, Oh, you have OCD. You should go into organization or something. Or, you know, we talked about this a little bit, you know, with the public's bag persons and right. stuff like that. Like, yeah. But that's the, and so like one of my thought technologies that I will introduce to Alexandra when we record tomorrow, harnessing my horses is trying to find this sweet spot where like the, the, the bitter irony of ADHD for me is that having it together and not having it together can look weirdly similar from the outside. Like there are times where like, I'm just on a tear if I'm doing it right and I'm power puttering, like say on a, like the family's out of the house and I can finally power putter and do all the things that is, I am really in my corn when I get to run around and power putter and ADHD through the whole day and like take care of several different things at once and wait for this. And this thing is setting while I work on this other thing and the efficiencies of take this down when I bring this other thing up and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I don't want to act like that all the time. I do want to occasionally check in with myself to say, Yeah. And so here's the phrase that I have very mindfully and deliberately tried to insert into my brain. I don't think I've ever said this before, but this is, this has become a useful operational phrase for me. So now what? Because one problem with ADHD is you may not pause as often as one should to say, so now what? Like, am I going to just like, 
intensely organized MP3s all day. I mean, I take drugs to help me with that stuff, but sometimes a side effect of those drugs is like it makes me a little bit, not manic, but let's say at least energetic. And like, it can be really fun to just go on a tear and follow your nose. And because of the kind of job that I have and the life that I have, that that's a risk for me. It is a risk that, and just to review for the new listeners, hello, um, the kind of ADHD I have is the most boring garden variety ADHD, which is, it's not that I can't, f- it's not that I can't focus on things, it's that I don't always natively have the skills to focus on the right thing or the best thing. Mm-hmm. It's very, I don't have hyperactivity. Um, if anything, I have extreme medical sloth title. Um, <laughs> is that a, is that diagnosed? <laughs> it's in the, it's in the DSM uh, nine. Okay. It's right. not even out yet. No. Um, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? And like, to me, let's like, like that's become really valuable to me. And it's to like, it, it's great to get into a flow state or something like a flow state. It's, it's great to get to just power putter straight through. And in my case, watch like an entire season of Silicon Valley in a day as I do these power puttery things, charging batteries, throwing batteries, doing this, restocking this, all the chief operations officer stuff that is in my remit. But then I do think it's really useful to occasionally find myself thinking, so now what? Right? So why do I say that? Because like, okay, I can sit here and play with index cards all day. Believe me. I got a lot of nice markers. I can do that stuff. But like at a certain point, as something starts to go from, I don't know what this is to this is looking like a thing, it's valuable to check in and go, so now what? And it's okay for the answer to that to be, we'll spend more time with index cards. You need a little more mm, clarity, certainty shape to this but at certain at a certain point you got to go to the next thing what's the next thing well i'll know when i know so now what and that means now okay well now like it could be now we go to the drafting the writing part of this or that could be now i I have a list of stuff to get at my local hardware store but then when i get the stuff from the hardware store it doesn't end because now it's like so now what well this is where i have my whole bag of tricks so like i come from the hardware store and like, it's a pretty efficient place. I bring my own bag, but still like, for example, when I got that socket set, I had to get the sockets out of the thing. I had to take the labels off of this thing. I had to deploy my <laughs> penetrating oil to get the, 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 the screws loose. So now what? Well, one now what is like, Merlin, you know, from uh, your book of wisdom that there, there are very few things in life that are not improved by the addition of a place to put trash. So guess what? I go and I grab a bag and now anything that is trash I'm not hesitating at all to move forward because I know the tag from this new vice grip can go into that trash. I know that the labels come off and go into this thing. This sounds so dumb and so overworked, but it's so nice to have a, a certainty and a through line by occasionally checking in your, and sort of modulating between those modes of like, I'm going heads down on this right. versus I'm occasionally saying, so now what? And there's almost always something that comes that is a product and it could be a product that leads to other products. I don't want to spend all day in a mind map. Because I not it is not my job to make mind maps. It's certainly not my job to make mind maps prettier. That's all scaffolding for me to do a thing. And I don't know. I just find that very valuable. So now what? That's the question. You seem like you don't suffer from these things. Uh, I mean, I think I maybe I do, and it comes out in a in a different way. But you know, maybe I don't do enough mind maps. Is the thing. Like, where do you, where um, do you, what do you, tools are you using to do the mind maps? Is it just the post-it notes up on a board? Are you using the well, software I mean, for it? Are you drawing? The, the Tony Buzan idea of mind maps is something, the actual official mind maps that that guy suggests are something I came to fairly late. 
and are actually fairly different from what I would call them. I know it's not, and according to Hoyle, Tony Bazan mind map. My mind maps are like the kinds of things you do on a computer that translate round trip with markdown outlines. That's the kind of things I like. Because now I, I may, I'm not necessarily just using this to generate ideas for my idea space. It's more like what are the big sections? Think about when you do UX, um, certain kinds of UX on a website. You know, and you can do this with users. You hand the users a pile of things and say, put these into stacks, like cards, card stack, card sorting and stuff like that. But like, you know, we all have our own idea of what the website should look like. But when you put that in front of the user, the user might go like, I don't know what that name is or how are these three things different? Right. You don't discover that until they've got those little cards in their hand and are sorting it out. Well, that to me is what stuff like a mind map or the index cards are useful for, which is like, I just need enough of a structure to understand what I'm making or doing here. And, to, and I, again, I don't want to spend all day on this. I want to remind myself to say, so now what? So like the, the so now what is, okay, now I understand that, for example, packing for a trip is, I think, a pretty good example. Well, what does it mean to pack for a trip? What's the big deal? You grab your suitcase and put stuff in it. <sighs> Not if you're like me. No. Because I'm also in charge of electronics. And guess what? Our electronics change from season to season, year to year. You need different chargers. Is anybody going to want to watch a movie? Oh, guess what? I want, you got to remember to put the movies on the iPad. Do you want to do that while you're headed out the door? No, you do that a week before. Do you have everything you need for the trip? I assume. Okay. Have you printed out all the documents? No. Okay. Well, that, that's why on my packing list, my packing list at the top has stuff like stuff to do the week before we travel. That includes things like stock up. Do you need a travel toothpaste? Did you check the razors? Like the last time you traveled a million years ago, did you make sure everything is still where it needs to be? It's been a long time since the family really, really traveled. Is there a chance that any of the stuff in your bespoke set aside, this is just for traveling kit, has drifted somewhere else? I bet there's a pocket knife that should go back in there. Mm. Or I bet that there is the um, the REI like document uh, folder that we use for passports and stuff like that. Where Like where is all of that? Well, there's more to it than just grabbing a suitcase and putting stuff in it. Your kid is constantly changing. Your family's changing. You're changing. I bet your medications have changed since the last time. There's all this stuff where it's beneficial to go, well, what is, what is the shape of this trip? Like, where are we going? What are we going to be doing? Yes, there are wizards on the internet that can walk you through this, but I think you have to do it yourself. And that's where at a slightly conceptual level, I know this sounds over-engineered, but I think it's not. This is how I keep the demon dogs at bay. I'm going to be able to enjoy, well, less important, but I'll be able to enjoy this trip if I go into it knowing I'm prepared. But way more importantly, I'll be able to be a good vacation dad if I'm not stressed out. If I forgot my dad hat and now I'm going to be baking in the post-climate change sun, I'm not going to be a happy dad. That's on the list. Right. And the way that the way that you get into that state is through preparation. Yes. And I the irony is that I had actually at the time before the, you know, the before times, I was actually getting a little better each trip, getting less stressed out. So the next time that we travel, I think it's going to be a little bit of a, I don't know. I'm, I'm not that worried about it. But I guess what I'm trying to say is like, so, so what's the product there? Uh, and, or put differently, and so now what? Well, I've gotten to where I have a repeatable, as I've said before, I've got a markdown-based um, sort of just a list of all the stuff. And, it's, and now I know what the sections are. I know there's a section of like what we're going to bring on the plane. Well, why does that matter? Well, the electronics for like, if we get stuck somewhere and don't have our luggage, it would be nice to be able to watch a movie or something. Yeah. Or you make sure the Kindle is in there, that kind of stuff. But also importantly, make sure there's not a giant pocket knife in there. Cause they're going to throw that away and then you'll be sad. 
you've got to think ahead. So is it as simple as grab a suitcase? It is absolutely not. Like, and also like when we take that flight, is there a chance that we're going to have to check luggage we didn't expect to check? You know, major twice cut once. If you walk yourself through all these kinds of scenarios, you can save yourself a lot of aggravation. And I would argue that that's where a light structure like mind mapping or like, you know, index cards or what have you can be really useful. So now I've got this evolving document that over time has changed a lot of like, this is a, this is a durable list, regardless of season, regardless of location. Cause it may, I have to think through, let's say for the sake of argument, we're going somewhere where there's snow. Does that mean I don't need a swimsuit? I don't know, man. Actually, it'd be really hotel nice might a have a hot tub. Yeah. Yeah. You don't, there's no way that you can just, you, if you make yourself walk through that list and really think about each thing on that list, it's not as simple as, am I going to need this or not? It's also an opportunity for what David Allen calls a trigger. It's a chance for you to see swimsuit and go, oh, that's right. I, I, I gained 190 pounds and now I probably should get a different swimsuit. <laughs> When's that going to come up? Well, it, it comes up if you make yourself walk through the process. Right. Yeah. Right. It's mostly baby weight for me. <laughs> Tools are important. Dan, did you want to tell me about a second thing you like? <laughs> yes, I would like to tell you about Squarespace, Merlin. Oh, Squarespace, big fan. Big I mean, you fan. can't, you can't knock it. Don't. Well, first of all, don't mm. knock it till you try, and second, you can't, you can't knock, knock it. Period, it won't knock. It won't do it. Won't Squarespace, it. and they, Squarespace. what they have done is they've built a website that lets you build websites, which doesn't seem possible, but it is. It's true. It's both it possible. Like spontaneous and true. generation. Spontaneous combustion. Spontaneous diversion. Use your illusion. So you let's say that you wake up one morning and you're like, I've got an idea. I, I want you to go to squarespace.com slash it's your show. I don't care what your idea is because they're ready to handle your idea. If your idea is you want to have music that you want to upload because you're in a band, you could do that there. You want you got stuff you want to sell and you want to have e-commerce down, you want to have the shipping down, you want to have all that stuff down. They're gonna handle that for you. Oh, oh, you're a photographer? That's cool. They got mm-hmm. the galleries and they got all that stuff built in. You're planning an event. It's your big it's your big birthday party. It's a wedding. It's your kid's graduation. You want to make a site for it. They've got your site. Oh, you've got a business. You've got an app. You've got an iOS thing, whatever it is. They have amazing templates designed for all of these use cases and pretty much everything else that you could possibly come up with. You go there. You pick the template that you think is attractive. You customize it. You tweak it. And even if somebody else picked the same template, you're going to have the opportunity to make it your own and make this thing really stand out based on just little sliders, little toggles, little buttons to click. And it's so much fun to go in and customize this. And the beautiful thing about it is if you ever want to change the entire look, design, feel of the whole site, you can do that completely independent of the content that you've created. And that's what's genius about their entire templating system. It's just, it's amazing. So, you know, as I'm going to give them some, they can run with this one. Oh, good. But if if you will it, it is no dream. Uh, Is that Theodore Herzl? Yes. Hmm. And uh, basically what... If you will it, it is no dream. Yes. Build it beautiful. Squarespace.com slash it's your show. When you go there to that URL, that supports the work that Merlin and I do here. Just going there supports us. That lets them know that you're listening. So even if you're saying to yourself, I don't need a Squarespace site today, go to the URL today. That'll sort of wake them up. There'll be literally somebody is sitting right now in the New York offices of Squarespace and they're, they're, they're kind of, I don't want to like throw them under the bus or anything, but they're kind of nodding off right now. But every time that someone visits that URL, they get an electric shock. 
a shock. It the bell wakes rings them and the angel up. gets its wings. Yes. You could literally shock the heir, heir to little Ryan. Yes. And so if you would like to subtly torture someone in New York, visit that URL, squarespace.com slash it's your show. They'll get a shock and they'll, they, every time they do it, they take their little chisel and they put a little line in the wall. And when it's five, they go the diagonal line across do a slash, and they're mm-hmm. allowed out once a few hundred people have visited the URL. So don't you can save a life today. You know, Zuzu's pedals. Just saying, get Zuzu's in Zuzu's pedals. And then once mm-hmm. you're there and you're ready to get something, and this could be a, a website, it could be a domain because they, they sell domains there. <clears throat> Use the promo code. They're, liter- they're literally unique. It's your show. One word. And that will get you 10% off your first purchase of the website or the domain. So squarespace.com slash it's your show for the shock. And then it's your show for the 10% <laughs> off. And uh, we sure do appreciate the support of squarespace.com. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you, Squarespace. Bok, bok. Uh, I like how you, you got that on mute. I feel like that is uh, you started yeah. doing that around the same time that you introduced me to Pretty Purdy and the way that he kind of oh, yeah, does that shuffle. that uh what what is the thing where you got the two the two little tambourine things on top of each other and there's a hi-hat. foot a foot pedal and you hit it hi-hat. and open that's the hi-hat there that sh- sh- that little it's, sound it's mm-hmm. yeah oh, he's so yeah, good yeah, he at that switches thing. over it yeah like uh, it's almost like uh he's a mathematician like almost anything could fit into the purdy shuffle mm-hmm. Mm. Mm-hmm. um i'm trying to think i'm trying to think we probably should head out soon i'm trying to think of some easy odds and sods that i've got here um here's one i've been thinking about i'm gonna send you an image this is an image i originally sent to uh syracusa because we've talked about how often it is that like uh, like in the case of like scissors i just i keep i keep buying scissors because i get frustrated when like compulsively mm-hmm. yeah i can't stop myself you know what I'm saying? You know, um, no, 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 no. But there are certain kinds of things. There's a funny thing that happens, though, which is the, the classic examples in my daughter's younger youth were scotch tape and scissors. Where, like, you can never find the scotch tape. You can never find the scissors. And then you find yourself being that guy because the kid goes, where is this tape? And you're like, wherever you left it. You are the single biggest consumer of one piece of scotch tape in the world. <laughs> so, like... It might as well be gone because once you've found the tape, you've taken off the uh, the tartan at the end. Yeah. Uh, which, which, by the way, I keep in my wallet as a, as a memento. Did you know that? I should send you a photo. I keep tape ends in my wallet. Oh. I'll send you a photo. Yeah, do it. It's really, really upsetting. Um, and it's like, I don't know. I can never find the tape. Daddy puts the tape in the adhesion drawer. Oh, by the way, we should talk about 3M command strips at some point. Okay. Um, scissors, like those pretty decent... Like, um, there's, there's, uh, the scissors you get from Amazon. They're like, okay, nice. They're set. And, like, <laughs> okay. Well, hang on. Hang on. <laughs> this no, wait, well, okay. Well, don't spoil it. Don't no, spoil those it. are the same. That's the, per- that's the best brand. Oh, the Sakuras. You got to get the Sakuras. Yeah. That's the best yeah. brand. Yeah. So anyhow, I mentioned this because I just sent down a photo of at least five or six nail clippers because here's how it works. You don't, you can't find. So like in the beginning, there is scotch tape and there is scissors. Then there's no scotch tape and no scissors. You get more scotch tape, you get more scissors. And then one day, there's a very fun, I should find this photo. One day, mom cleaned our kid's room and she found something like six pairs of scissors <laughs> and like seven <laughs> rolls of scotch tape. And she took a hilarious photo of them in a little bastic. And it just, it made me laugh because like I want, I want scissors, so I keep buying scissors. Where do they go? No one sees them until you find them. Yeah. So when I was power powdering this weekend, Dan... One, two, three, four, five, six. Is that eight by my count? Eight pair, eight nail, eight nail clippers were found just 
in the in the um, western part of our house. In the oh, in the western nice, part. In the western part, I keep buying these nail clippers and they keep disappearing. And the reason I mentioned that here is I I, I got it. I, I had this article and then I lost it and then I finally spent fifteen minutes finding it the other day. This is a uh, post from John Udell, John No H. Um, um, who's a really smart guy who I followed from for a long time. And he had a post on uh, March 27th on his personal web blog or blog. It's called The Paradox of Abundance. Mm. And this really got me thinking as I look at this picture of over six nail clippers. So several years ago, I bought two five packs of reading glasses. There was a 1.75 diopter set for books, magazines, et cetera, DDLD. They were cheap. And the idea was they'd be an abundant resource. I could leave my spectacles lying around in various places there would always be a pair handy, no worries about losing them. So, of course, I did lose them like crazy. At one point, I bought another five-pack, but still somehow I'm down to a single 1.75 and a single 1.25. Mm. And I just realized it's been that way for quite a while. Now that the resource is scarce, I value it more highly and take care to preserve it. I'm sorely tempted to restock. It's so easy. A couple of clicks and two more five-packs will be here tomorrow, and they're cheap. So what's not to like? He says, for now, I'm resisting the temptation because I don't like the effect such radical abundance has had on me. It's ridiculous to lose 13 13 pairs of glasses in a couple of years. I can't imagine how I'd explain that to my pre-Amazon self. Isn't that kind of an interesting idea? Yeah, very interesting. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's a lot of false scarcity in the world. There's a lot of, uh, but, you know, I mean, just because we can get more, like, should we get more? I don't have an answer to this, but when I take a photo and I'm looking at seven nail clippers, I think to myself... There is a paradox to abundance for sure. Mm-hmm. If you only got one, you know, if you only got one photo yeah. of like your great grandmother or whatever, you're going to take really good care yeah, of Yeah, of course. But like, right, but if you I got like got, 10 boxes of a really great f- photo. Like 40,000 photos of like misspellings and bad punctuation. Right. And like somewhere in there is my kid having solid food for the first time, you know? Yeah. It's just really, it's one to grow on if you think about it. Well, I did go ahead and I put the nail clippers into the uh, show notes. So if people are looking for that, they're it's, very sharp. It's they're the one, the Seki Edge Nail Clippers SS 106 Stainless Steel Fingernail Clippers for Men and Women, Sharp Cutting Edges for Thick Nails, Professional and Home Use Made uh, in Japan. I said Sakura, and I think that's a Jedi. It's, yeah, it is. It's S E K I is how it is spelled. Sakai. Is it Sakai or Sakai? Seki. Okay, it's different. Okay. All right, all right, all right. And Ayla Sakura is the one who, who uh, you know, Order 66, ah, right? <laughs> I think so. I don't like the way she's portrayed in that movie. She's, she's too booby. Oh. Too, way too booby. Mm. I, I like that a lot. I like her. You know who else I like is Asuka Tano. I like her too. It's a good show. Clone Wars. Remember the Lerman? Those little guys who roll around, the Lerman? Remember the Lerman? I do not. The Lerman don't, don't want to be involved. The Lerman are like the Neville Chamberlains of, of a particular planet. They're like, oh, we just want to be left alone. They've got like a weird Glaswegian accent. They roll around. Like, oh, we just want to be left alone. Keep us out of your business. I'm Scottish, but I speak in an Irish accent. Manly, yes, but I like it too. I'm a Lerman. Hmm. Was there anything else? There's Danny McBride came into my hotel room. Was there anything else on the list? Uh, hold that on. We <clears throat> Get back to it. Um, All right. Thank you. 3M. The 3M. We'll come back to commands. No, I, that's all that I had. That uh, Maybe okay. I missed okay. some of the things you wanted me to capture. Oh, no, no, there. no. No, it's fine. And I'll find some things for, for notes. Dan, uh, where would, uh, did we already talk about this? Where people would find show notes for episode 540? No, we haven't, we haven't done that. It's uh, going to be backtowork.limo slash 540. 540. Yeah. You can go in there. Um, just, you know, just don't do, need a while, to while, they're, while they're there, why don't they do some downloads? 
do some downloads and, you know, be sure to fill out the survey because we really want to know what you think about the show. Yeah. It really helps people discover the show. It you does. Great, it's the best great, way. Great respond, reply, chime in on comments, hit the bell, build another bell. Mm-hmm. You could you could buy our bell and then you could, you could put that up and hit that bell. You could hit the bell with the other bell because it really helps people discover the show. But if you can go in and fill out that survey, you know, you can you can receive this uh, commercial free and uh, and bell free mm-hmm. or uh, you could listen to it in a bell free. Or or an airy uh, airy, you could be up there. You could be in an owl's nest. You could be in a in a garret. You could be up there with Mrs. Garrett. You know the boys you used to hate. You you date. You, I guess you best investigate the, the belfry. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but it really helps people discover the show. Dan, let's button this up. Okay, let's do it. Okay, I love you. Love you too, Merlin man. 